It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and welcome to Commons People, the Huffington Post politics podcast. My name's Owen Bennett and joining me for our budget special, we have Paul War and Graham Dominique. George Osborne unveiled his eighth budget yesterday, billed as putting the next generation first. But the main beneficiaries seem to be small business owners, those earning more than £45,000 a year and corporations. Young people were given longer school days, told to study maths until 18 and targeted for their obesity via the fizzy drinks tax. Maybe perhaps Osborne could do with some maths lessons himself as he missed his own economic targets and seems to be funding his giveaways through cuts to disability benefits. Uh, Paul, let's get things kicked off with the disability benefits. This is something which Labour are very focusing on at the moment. Just talk us through exactly what has happened and what their, what their complaints are. Well, there are two things. One is employment support allowance is being cut uh, by about £30 a week for a lot of people who are disabled uh, or not able to work. And there's uh, just as importantly, the thing called PIP, Personal Independence Payments. Now, this is a new scheme brought in by the Tories to uh, fund people who have difficulties uh, clothing, feeding, washing themselves at home, basic stuff. Uh, And thanks to a complicated sort of court ruling, which uh, the government used last week, Basically what's happened is that the government are going to start restricting uh, the eligibility for this PIP. Now the, the real problem uh, for Labour, uh, as far as they see it, is that this is really using the, the backs of the, the, some of the most vulnerable to try and balance the books in the budget. And yesterday, it was no surprise, one of the biggest items in the Red Book was $4.4 billion is going to be taken out of disability benefits. And that's why it mattered, and that's why Labour pushed hard. Let's have a listen to Business Secretary Sajid Javid, who was on Newsnight last night, and Evan Davis put these points to him. And a lot of people will say it is because you have not delivered the welfare reform that you wanted that this week you've had to go out and take more than a billion quid away from people on personal independence payments to try and get welfare under the cap. Still hasn't worked, incidentally, mm. but to try and keep welfare down. Well, for- you, in effect, you are asking people with disabilities to be poorer because you have failed to deliver the welfare reforms that you said you were going to. That's not the case at all. I mean, that is wrong on so many accounts. Well, first of all, the welfare reform that we've put in place is delivering results. For the first time, we've got a system in place that makes sure that people who are out of work, that choose work, will always be better off. That was not the case before. If you look at the reports on universal credit, it has made a sea change to people's attitude to taking up work. And then also on personal... The independence payments. Personal independent payments and its predecessor, the DLA, if you take it together, they're up three billion pounds in real terms since 2010. The number of people getting those payments well, I is think higher a than lot it of was in 2010. Say, a of your welfare, welfare no, no. I wish we had a video in this because Paul Wall was shaking his head there <laughs> with such ferocity as Sadia Javid was, uh, was going through there. Apparently, um, 
Evan was wrong on so many counts, and then he sort of failed to actually give any real examples. Didn't he? Well, that's the problem. I mean, it's true. It's a matter of fact that the amount of money government spending on disability benefits is going up, but it's not going up by anywhere near as much as it should be going up. That's the whole point of this exercise. Um, and there is already George Osborne early this morning on the radio uh, gave the on TV sorry gave the first hint that he's beginning to maybe have a rethink on this. He said. I'm always happy to listen to proposals from other people who have different solutions to this uh, disability benefit problem. Now, that was the first glimmer of a possible U-turn, maybe not a U-turn, a J-turn, I think we call it, where they do a slight s- swerve. A J-turn? Yeah, a J-turn. Look at that. You know, you're not totally there, but you just right, change okay. direction slightly. Right. Um, All right. Exactly. Um, now, the real fear for many Tory backbenchers is that this is another tax credits fiasco and that it's going to bite them on the backside amongst key voter groups, people who actually are quite sympathetic to some of the things Tories want to do, want to get benefits under control, but don't think this is a fair way of doing Because there's a difference between... Sorry, Graham. I thought this was supposed to be a a quiet budget. I thought this was supposed to be kind of steady as she goes and uh, don't, don't... Don't disrupt anything because we've got an EU referendum coming up. So let's just avoid any kind of clangers, any kind of passy taxes, any kind of sense of an omni shambles. But less than 24 hours after we stood up, we're already kind of picking through this, the, this, the, the new tax credits cuts, aren't we? Well, and, and it could well be a tax credit style uh, row because you've got people like Heidi Allen, who's already on the record, and she led the Tory uh, revolt over tax credits. She's on record already over these ESA uh, benefit cuts, saying that she was going to fire a warning shot across the government's bows when that was a vote um, earlier this month. Now, there's on top of that, there's some Tory MPs and Tory activists who are saying, look, this is ruining our reputation with the disability community. And we've had this guy uh, this morning, a lifelong Tory, Graham Ellis, who suspended the Conservative Disability Group website, which he runs, in protest at this. And I think... That's why Osborne will have to sort of go back and have another think. But of course, it's big, big money. And where else is he going to get these cuts from? And this is the problem that you have with the tax credits cuts, of course, because that was supposed to feed in to the £12 billion of welfare savings. He, of course, as we know, didn't do a J-turn, but a full U-turn on this one, Paul, I think we could, we could possibly say. And then he's still got to find the money from somewhere. And now if he, if he kicks this one to the curb, he's still got to find that, that money somewhere again, isn't he? So he's just, yeah. he's just kicking his can down the road all the time, and isn't he? I, I, I kind of think a lot of it's presentational as well, because I did a little story earlier in the week about how the Omni Shambles budget in, in 2012, um, how he did dramatically U-turned on that one, everyone thought, yeah, that was a, that was a climb down Osborne. But if you look at the numbers, actually you still got a whole load of dosh from from the VAT on, on pasties, on caravans, on all manner of other things. So I think it's a kind of, it almost has to be a, a cosmetic thing, because he still needs to get a big chunk of change, doesn't he, to make his to hit his targets, to make sure his third um, goal doesn't go the way that go go the other way the t- other two. So he's going to need to find the money somehow. Which is a case of how does he present it? How does he present it? A J turn, U turn, whatever it's going to be. But just as with tax credits, he did find the dosh in the end by taking it from universal credit or chunks of universal credit. The fear is that he's going to do something else again on welfare to make up for this. Some, some, if you're not disabled, maybe you should be the one that's worried about this. Ultimately, the real problem here is George Osborne and his party leadership hopes, because if you've got people who are rank-and-file Tories, with the tiny majority you've got of 17 in, the, in Parliament, 
People who are upset with you can cause trouble if they ally with the Labour opposition and with all the other parties. And on disability benefits, there's a lot of people and a lot of parties who are upset about this. And compassionate conservatism is also at risk, that, that very phrase. You know, that's why Heidi Allen goes on and on about it. Although she did, of course, vote for the tax credits cuts. She gave a, a very good speech in Parliament saying we shouldn't do it, and then she, she walked through the lobby with her government. So, yeah. you know, bear that in mind. Anyway, I caught up with um, the Shadow Chancellor. Sorry, Rachel Reeves isn't the Shadow Chancellor, is she? I was about to say that. We, it's funny you should a, say that, yeah. though. Why do you think that, because Owen? Because she maybe doing, she is behaving like she Shadow She was doing Chancellor. an awful lot of media yesterday, wasn't she, Rachel Reeves? Isn't, uh, isn't Shadow Chancellor in exile the preferred... Shadow Chancellor in exile. ...preferred dubbing? John McDonnell is the Shadow Chancellor. Yep. But we, uh, and he, you know, he seemed to do all right. He, you know, he did say he wanted to sort of glowing review. Yesterday, he actually was pretty forceful in the in the huddle that we have with journalists right. after the budget. And John McDonald did did say, "Look, I'm not going to be implementing any cuts." And it's pretty firm message actually. I'm going to reverse these disability these disability cuts. Uh, and I think. He briefed Jeremy Corbyn to be quite harsh in the chamber, and it kind of it worked. But you're right. Rachel Reeves, what, she's, what did she say? So we caught Rachel Reeves uh, yesterday to get her, her take on the, on the budget. Increasing the, uh, the, the, the threshold for when you start paying the 40p rate of tax. The huge drop in capital gains tax from 28 to 20 uh, pence, which primarily benefits the, the wealthiest. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and also, as you say, that has a whole raft of measures which are solely funded by yet more government borrowing. And I think this was the time for, yes, putting money in those long-term infrastructure projects that we need to secure our future prosperity, but not a time for giveaways, and particularly not time for giveaways that help the wealthiest. The only uh, people who took a hit in today's budget, as far as I can see, are disabled people. And by the end of this Parliament, uh, the Chancellor announced today that we'd be taking £1.3 billion out of personal independence payments. That's a huge hit for people on disability uh, benefits. It could be up to £150 a week for some people. Those are the only people who saw... um, um, uh, took a hit today uh, and the wealthiest uh, saw a tax giveaway. I don't think that's the right priority at the moment. So very much we saw, I mean, that interview was done yesterday and it's obviously picked up currency that they're, they're going to focus very much on these cuts to disabled people because I guess the difference between these kind of cuts and the Omni Shambles budget, which was, you know, capacity tax and caravan tax, even though people did get annoyed about that, certain people in those industries, I can't imagine there's a lot of people going through the doors of uh, constituencies, of MPs up and down the country saying, you know, you're going to lose our vote over this. But I think there is, with, with the tax credits thing and with, with the cuts to disability benefits, I think you will get people going to those places where the Tory MPs have small majorities. That's, that's why it's got the famous phrase, cut through. That's why yeah. it's got cut through. Because don't forget, this is supposed to be a government that spent years saying we need austerity, but we'll do it in a fair way. We'll, the, those with the broadest shoulders shall bear the biggest burden. Remember that phrase? And also remember, we're all in it together. Those two key phrases are at real risk over disability cuts. Well, speaking of broad shoulders, uh, leads us nicely on to uh, sugar tax. Does it? Cut down obesity. Right, OK. Broad. Even if you lost weight, your shoulders are still with the same size, aren't they? Is that right? Still with the broadness. Anyway, there's a sugar tax. This is Osborne introducing it. I'm not prepared to look back at my time here in this parliament doing this job and say to my children's generation, I'm sorry, 
We knew there was a problem with sugary drinks. We knew it caused disease, but we ducked the difficult decisions and we did nothing. Yeah. So today I can announce that we will introduce a new <coughs> sugar levy on the soft drinks industry. Before we go on to the sugar tax, I like the fact that George Osborne is suddenly concerned about what future generations are going to think of him because he doesn't seem that bothered when he's talking about like housing and that kind of thing and helping people out or the fact that under 25s aren't going to get a new national living wage. But his voice was breaking there. It sounds like he really means it, man, yeah. in, in that one. So, Emotional. Yeah. So this wasn't just a, a dead cat, sugary cat strategy to distract us all from the fact that he keeps missing his that's, targets. That's another issue. I mean, is that me being... I mean, the, well, the merits of the sugar tax, I mean, is... Actually, to be fair, I think this on. is quite a sensible policy um, because it doesn't hit, despite all the headlines today, it doesn't directly hit shoppers. It hits the companies, the yeah. industry, in the pocket. And it forces them, it gives them a direct financial incentive to cut the amount of sugar. And they've got, got two years to get rid of it, right? Believe it or not, most companies, I mean, look at Coke, most companies are shifting away from sugar in their drinks. They, they can see the writing on the wall and in lots of countries, the legislation's coming their way. So you've got, that's why you've got Coke Life. I've never bloody drunk it, but it exists. Coke Life, Coke Zero. You Coke know, Life? Yeah, Coke Life. It's got a green bottle, you know, it's proving popular. They've got Diet Coke, it's one of their biggest sellers. Um, you know, they're shifting away, they're doing smaller packs. They're beginning to realise that they need to cut sugar in order to really survive as a company. And it's happening not just here, but across the globe. What's interesting is that we're one of the first to actually, apart from Hungary, believe it or not, to have this tax on companies rather than on soft drinks themselves. And that's interesting. I mean, Jamie Oliver turned up outside Parliament yesterday, just happened to be walking past, yeah. apparently, looking like he'd just stepped out of a bit. And I'd made bed, didn't he? Yeah, he, he looked, he looked terrible. Yeah. I mean, I know you it's shouldn't... It's a nice jig, isn't it? Really nice. He just looked unshaven, his hoodie was dirty, just not an advocate for health. Anyway, this is something he's been going on about, isn't it, Graham? Now, is this, is this just... The accusation is... And I will let you get in in a minute. Yeah, please. <laughs> no, you carry <laughs> on. This is just middle-class hand-wringing, telling the working classes what to do. Uh, yeah, there's been there, there, there has been a bit of that, and um, you know it's a kind of the, the paternal Tory type type thing, isn't it? And but do you think is it really going to stop people kind of actually drink stop stop drinking fizzy drinks if you're gonna? If you're, yeah, exactly. That, that's precisely why I think this is a sensible policy because if it doesn't put money on the actual drinks, it will it be much more effective by reducing the amount of sugar in the drinks in the first place. In other words, you're not giving anyone even a choice to, to sort of pollute their kids, you know, uh, bodies. And let's be honest, I don't buy this stuff about, you know, it's an attacks on the working classes, um, because actually some of the poorest people are the ones with the biggest health problems when it comes to this. And Simon Stevens, the head of the NHS, is absolutely right. You know, sugar is the new tobacco. There's no question. And if you've got kids and you've got... It, it, they have sugary drinks in huge quantities in a way that we never did as kids. I mean, sugar now is so much in our palates that you even notice it because it's, it's in bread, it's, it's in sandwiches, it's everywhere, which is one of the flaws with this. It's just about drinks. You know, there's lots of sweets but it's, but it's and a sea change. It's, a, it's, a, it's a mood change, isn't it? That's why it's, it's like saying, right, we recognise this is a problem. To, to reduce the amount of sugar. Yeah. I know we hit gin and tonics as well, so, and if there isn't a, and combine go that on, with... Go on, We're going to do our... That, no, that's absolutely right, gin and tonic tax. Gin and tonic will, will, be, will be taxed as well, and we also found out that the roll-up cigarettes will be taxed as taxed extra as well. So, what we, did, what did we brand this? 
we branded it. <laughs> we branded it a hipster tax, didn't we? <laughs> we, did. yes, we, we as a group did. Yeah. Not one person. Not the good. person whose name was on the story. Yeah. There's a, group, a lot of sympathy for hipsters online last yeah. night, wasn't there? Hipster I mean, tax. obviously, it's very, very tough on them. Um, but there's no, no, ta- no extra tax on flour, which would have hit the baking on what? Frater- flour, which oh, right. would have hit the baking fraternity, because all hipsters are bakers as well these days, aren't yeah. they? Home yeah, home bakers. Yeah. I don't know. I've never come across them. Home bakers. Fortunately, craft beer wasn't given a duty. But one thing I did learn yesterday, great little bit of trivia, this, which is the Chancellor's press secretary said that his own kids, when we were asked about this whole idea, well, why are you putting a, you know, sugar tax on uh, gin tonics? Why are, you, why are you doing that? Kids don't drink gin and tonic, do they? Well, what's, what's the logic? He said, actually, no, my kids drink slimline tonic. Yeah. It's a big thing, yeah. gin and tonic, yeah. Did you know that? Well, I, I live in East London and you can't move for idiots from your gin and tonics out of jam jars. Gin and lane, gin lane. High, and high, high sugar milkshake drinks don't get taxed. No, but if it's milk based, it's fine. It's I'm got some nutritional well. value yeah. if it's got milk. Really? Milk Those apparently. not naming any particular names, have they got high nutritional value over yeah, there? Apparently, right, it's okay. better than zero, but there you go. Okay. Stat of the week, Graham. Stat of the week. No yeah, jingles. Well, the um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a tax on jingles. <laughs> the jingle tax. The jingle tax. We could have made that work yesterday, couldn't we? Could we? Have, if we would have made that as a joke. Go on. Right. Um, start of the week. In 2014, Mexico introduced a sugar tax on fizzy drinks, which led to the drop in sales of 12% in the first year. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Over the course of a year, the average person purchased 4.2 fewer litres of sugar-sweetened drinks. The greatest reduction came in the poorest households where monthly purchases of sweet drinks fell by 17%. So it had a, an effect? Is what Seems to. Is what you're, yeah. is what but Mexico was like mad. Like they, they were drinking like their own body weight in it every day. That might not be true. Is that right? It was like, it was equivalent thereof. Thanks Jeremy Clarkson. Cheers for that. <laughs> no, no, that's not... You're not... I looked into it. Right, I okay. I couldn't write it down. <laughs> right, anyway. The sugar tax is not the only weird tax out there. The only weird tax? Listen... This right. is good. I've got so, a field quiz coming on. In Sweden, right, you have to just... Go on. You might want to lock the doors before we do this quiz, <laughs> Listen, right? this is... Look, we're running Is, out is of this the quiz of the week or are we You'll not? find out. I'm running Go up on. to it. Listen, so in Sweden, when you register a child's name, you have to register it with the tax authority. Right. And they can decide if it's too weird not to let you have it, right? Fair enough. So there was something whether or not you can call a child Metallica. Right, <laughs> Anyway. Okay. Which got me thinking about Sweden. I bet it did. And about ABBA. <laughs> and I started thinking about other taxes around the world. So this quiz is called The Tax Man Takes It All. Okay. Right? Good. Graham. Good. Good. I'm saying so that. So if what I'm about to say to you is a real tax, money, 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 right? Or a fake tax, mamma mia. Okay. <laughs> right, okay. How did we come into this? How did we get here? Sweden to have right. a tax. Right, okay. Okay, right, yeah. okay. So, if it's real, money, money, money. If it's yeah. fake, mamma mia. Okay. There's a shoelace tax in Pennsylvania. Wow. Why would you have a shoelace tax? Um, <sighs> Who knows? Yeah, money, money, money. It's so mad. Money, money, it's money. It's sort of only in America type story. Yeah. Is a big mining fraternity in Pennsylvania? I have literally no idea. When the so. Amish live there. Anyway, it's wrong. It's Mamma Mia. That's not true. You made it up. I made it up. Uh, a coffee lid tax in Colorado. Coffee lid tax? Yeah. Yeah, because that'll be... Um, 
Yeah, it's plastic and yeah. Colorado's quite like, lefty. Yeah. They might do some green. <laughs> a bit more stained there, Paul. Please, a yeah. bit green. So the uh, mam- uh, so uh, money, money, money. Yeah, money, that's money, true money. because it's um, non-essential packaging. The, only the lid. So it's two point nine percent. You can chuck the cup away then, can you? The cup you don't get taxed on. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. But yeah, uh, a cow flatulence tax in Denmark. Um, yeah, I think that's true because doesn't cow flatulence create a hell of a lot of greenhouse gases you're right CO2 but I think it sounds think. so bizarre it's very Bennett-esque I think it's uh, <laughs> Mamma Mia it's not true I know it's money 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 it is money 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 oh. it's in Denmark it's um, $110 per cow wow and in Ireland it's only $18 per cow do we have one no we don't uh, fart tax a, a topless tax in Utah um, is there a topless tax Ooh. in Utah? Lots of uh, Mormons in Utah. Yeah, yeah that, that, so. that might be right. But yeah. I, mean, do they, they, I don't think they call it the topless tax, do they? I would imagine that's not in the, Actually, the equivalent of I'm the gonna, I'm going to say book. this is a fib because it's, you know, Bennett obsession with boobs. So I'm, I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm say, I'm gonna say it's Mamma Mia. Topical. Uh, Graham? I, d- I think it's true, yeah. Mama, money, money, it, money. Is, it is true. Uh, in Utah... A business owners who employ nude or partially nude individuals can expect to pay a 10% tax on said services. Uh, so no hooters in Utah? Yeah, you've just got to pay more for them. Uh, finally, a beard tax in Russia. This, well, that, then, isn't, that used to be, there used to be one, didn't there? Under, uh... Under who? I, I Go on, they, name a famous Russian who isn't I probably is Boris no Yeltsin, beer tax yeah. in Russia. I thought there was probably zero beer tax. So No beard? Beard? Yeah. Like what Graham's trying to grow. Trying. Uh, I, th- I don't think it's, I don't no, think it's I true. No, I, I think that's mamma made up. Mamma yeah. You're right in that there used to be a beer tax. Uh, Emperor Peter the First. Yeah. Name one to be your time. Yeah. Was he? I think. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, you have to carry around, you have to pay your tax and carry around. Should let the listeners that Graham does have a beard if they haven't seen he his does. Twitter avatar. He yet. does have a beard. It's pathetic. Anyway, um, so that was. That was that was Quiz, the quiz of, of the week. week. Oh, everyone enjoyed that. Um, Graham, you trawled through the budget to find some buried stuff, burying bad news. What was it? stinkers? I believe was the word you, you yeah. used. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I think we were we were trying to provide a comprehensive coverage of the of the budget. And then we gave and, up. Um, so give us. So three. I yeah, you went off. Um, so yeah, so there was a there's a number of kind of things that were tucked away within the budget itself that people won't have heard of, and there were. Also, a whole range of things that happened at the same time as the budget that um, the, the government might, you could argue, be using the budget as cover to uh, to, to, to bury. To Don't say that because you'll get a phone call from the government again. Like I know, before, didn't you? I know. You got a phone call from the DWP, didn't you, about that? I've had a phone, I've had a phone call. I've had a phone call about stories smuggling like smuggling out. I think was the phrase. Yeah, they didn't like it, did they? No, you I think, the word smuggling out. I said I think I used the word quietly, quietly Ooh. announced. Which yeah. and I thought oh, because, of all the words used in all the news stories in all the world, quietly. Maybe it reminds you of Smith of his quiet man speech. Could have been. Yeah. Could have been. Um, so on the day itself, we had um, while everyone was talking about the sugar tax, there was there was Osborne's the wheels are coming off his austerity program. You know, there's three targets, and it looks like every chance you might miss three of those. 
Um, there was the um, issues to do with the academisation programme. A lot of people mentioned this. Yeah, we just touched on this briefly. So Osborne suddenly became education secretary for about 10 minutes, didn't he? And he announced that all schools are going to become academies. Well, yeah, not just 10 minutes. He did it, did it again this morning, which was the, the launch of the white paper, the first white paper on schools in five years. Nicky Morgan, big deal. And George Osborne sort of preempted it this morning by saying, look, I'm going to have you know, changes in the way qualifications are required for teachers. I want more teachers in the classroom rather than sort of doing stuff in, the, in the, their own studies. Um, so there's a big set of reforms, as well as taking councils out of... Uh, uh, control of schools completely, um, so as well as a longer day. But as some people pointed out, it was announced and briefed and what have you, but within the space of a, a day, people had almost kind of forgotten about it because we're talking about Jamie Oliver and the sugar tax, etc. And actually the school's pro plan is, 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 a, is a huge thing, a huge change in the way schools are run the first mm. time for, for 30 years. But um, they, they're also, as you say, there are other things happening yesterday. I mean, Barack Obama suddenly announced that he would be coming yeah. to Britain. Barack Obama, yeah, the, the White House had now confirmed it had been briefed at the weekend that Obama was coming to make an intervention on uh, on the EU referendum. That was confirmed literally as, as Osborne was on his feet. Our own colleague Ned Simon has tweeted out the full statement as, as Osborne was, was doing his thing. Um, we also had an independent review into whether the when network rail should be privatised. Um, that review came back yesterday and said no privatisation would be a bad idea because it would put up uh, fares for, 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 for passengers. That's a really big one. That's, that's quite and, something to bury under a budget. Because the government quite determined to, to, to do that because of the way Network Rail handled all sorts of kind of projects, putting Osborne's Northern Powerhouse project at risk. So, so coincidentally, it was this came out on the same day and, and, and nobody's written a thing about it. So. Have we written about it? We, we have written that today in a, in a handy list of stories that have been buried. Well, buried in inverted commas, yeah, quotation yeah, yeah. mark. They're not my words. Well, I'll make sure that words. there's a link to that on, on the page for this, for this podcast if you go to the website. Um, one of the things that did come out yesterday was the Lifetime ISA. Now, which, go on. you had an early steer on this, I did. did you not, Owen? Do you want to talk us through... Not how you got the story, because that would be revealing sources, but yeah. the, um, w- what it is and how you got the Lifetime ISA is essentially a way of trying to encourage young people, the youth, to save all that money they're not spending on sugary drinks for their retirement or their first house. So basically you put in, you can put it up to £4,000 a year, and then the government will put in £1,000 of government money. So you basically get £5,000 a year, and then you can use that to, um, you can take all that money out to fund your first house purchase, or you can leave it in, for when you retire, and you can use it then as a, as a lump sum to to, um, to live off. If you take it out before then, and you don't use it for a house purchase, then you have to pay back what the government's put in. So the incentive is that you keep it in there. And it seems quite a good deal, but then as people are pointing out, you know, you're going to have to save £333 a month to put £4,000 in over the course of a year, and a lot of young people haven't got that kind of spare cash floating around. But, you know, it is, it is, a, it is kind of going in the right direction. And I do think it's very easy to say, well... You know, is this enough? And the answer is obviously not, and more needs to be done to help young people save. But it, it is a good deal. You it's know. a start, it's, isn't if it? If you only put 50 start. quid in, you're going to get you know, yeah. a certain money back from the government. So it is worth doing. And in, the, and in his pre-budget tweet, Oswald made the point about helping future generations. And this, presumably this policy was the, the kind of centrepiece of here's, here's our offer for, for young people and future generations, right? Yeah, and it yeah. also shows that he's very keen on reform still because he's a reforming chancellor. Mm. For good or ill, some of the reforms, you know, cause real backlash. But on 
He was forced to back off pensions relief reform. Lots of Tory MPs said, forget that. We don't want our, you know, our core vote to be hit by that. But this shows that he's still keen on doing some kind of pensions narrative reform by the back door. And that's effectively what this is. This is a pensions reform by the back door because it does affect young people's old age. You know, it's a new mechanism for them to actually invest and save for their old age. And actually, it's a good idea. You know, there's no such thing as a free lunch, but this is kind of free money. If you are, you know, investing, you know, 4,000, getting 1,000 back from the government. The other interesting thing was yesterday when we quizzed the Treasury officials after the budget about this, we said, well, what other things other than, um, you know, buying a house, could you spend it on? Could you pull it out early? And they said, well, there might be other key life events. And we said, what, what, what? You mean like a wedding or something? And they, said, and they didn't knock that down. So that's quite interesting as well. So maybe they'll be expressing that further through the consultation. Well, it was, uh, that was a little bit of good news there for young people. Um, thanks very much, guys. Thanks for joining us. And uh, next week, I'm sure we'll be back to talking about Europe as ever. Thanks. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.